Hi all, this is an episode of Candid with Lubna Farhan and today our topic is sexual abuse um, as a child. Um, so this is where I have, um, I open up to members of the general public to talk about um, issues that they would like to talk about or I think that, you know, we need to talk about. Um, so I have invited Elaine. <laughs> I can't pronounce your name properly, I'm so sorry. That was um, perfect. Elaine? Yeah. Yeah. Um, to the show, who's going to be um, talking about her experience. We did kind of practice her name beforehand, but I still got it wrong. So ignore that. But um, so I've invited Elaine today to talk about her experience. Um, and welcome to my show. Thank you for having me. Hopefully everybody understands my accent and you got my name right. So oh my yay. god I'm so sorry I was dreading that I was like oh my god I'm so bad with people's names generally anyway and I was like oh my god is it Elaine what is your name yes, again perfect, Elaine perfect. oh my god, <laughs> god stop messing it up seriously um so so basically I on Twitter so this how did I get to um know of you so on Twitter I raised a question in terms of um I can't remember exactly how I worded the question but I said look this is a sensitive topic but I'm I'm curious to know that how many of you guys have experienced any type of sexual abuse as a child um, and in terms of the results I think around 20% who took my survey said that they had been sexually abused mm -hmm. as a child and I have two children of my own so I have a three-year-old and a two-year-old so obviously for me as a mother as well I'm quite protective over my children um, and I guess it depends on your experience as well that you've had as a child so so, for example, my husband hasn't had any kind of experience whatsoever. He who was raised in Pakistan. So for him, him, he when I have this discussion with him, he doesn't realize how, I guess, um, common it yeah, it's is so to be sexually abused. So for him, it's like oh, it's like maybe one in a million. But I'm like, no. And I even then, that's I guess the reason I did the surveys to kind of just I was curious to know because I didn't really know. I didn't Google the statistics in terms of how many in each country obviously is different. But then I said, said I showed him the results. I looked. 20% who took my survey um, have said that they have been and so for me it's a really important topic to talk about because I think yeah. it's, a, it's again one of those taboo topics that people do shy away from or mm -hmm. you know and even if, if they've experienced it they don't they don't feel comfortable talking about it naturally so and completely understandably so I'm, I'm really really grateful that you've come on today to talk about your experience um, so I'll just pass it on to you can you, you know, um, maybe talk about what your experience was as a child? What happened? Yeah. So um, I was abused by a close family member for from the ages of five to 14. So it was for a long time and it was quite horrific. It was quite bad, as you can imagine. Um, mm. And I never told anybody. I actually, on two different occasions, I tried to tell somebody but on two different occasions, like life got in the way. So I tried ringing my auntie one time and she never picked up. And I just took that as a sign that I shouldn't tell anybody. Mm. I was always, you know, told for years, you know, nobody's going to believe you anyway. You know, the standard script, basically, yeah. you know, nobody will believe you. It's your fault. You know, everybody will think bad of you. And then another time I tried to ring Childline and I don't know what happened, but, um, it just the call wasn't going through so again that is twice I tried to reach out yeah. and twice I haven't been able to so I kept in I didn't tell anybody for another I think it was another four or five years 
Yeah. And um, before I actually told my mom, um, my mom and my biological dad split up and it was only then that I told my mom. Mm. And she tried to encourage me to go to the place and whatnot and I couldn't do it. I just What age was, was this? Was this uh, so now you're 18? No, I'm I'm 28. Uh, not 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 now, sir. As in at the time you were 18 when you I was whenever I told my mom I was 16. 16 okay yeah so it was in a couple of years after I was I was a really really angry child a really angry teenager and my mom just screamed at me one day she's like what is wrong with you and I just Mm. said I was abused and that was how it came out in a big argument and we obviously had our big heart to heart and sorry if this is all really muddled um no no it's fine I mean I'm I'm um so can I ask you who was the family member? Are you my paternal about? grandfather? Your paternal, so your father's my father. father's father. Yeah, father. Um, did it make it easier once to talk about it because of the fact that your parents had split up? So then, yeah, okay. And how? So your um, grandfather, yeah, was he living with you guys? How was he able to get access to he you? He lived next door to us. Okay, so we lived in the countryside, and he lived next door okay so there was like our house and then there was like farm buildings and then his house okay and how um can i ask the extent of his abuse everything bar penetration okay i see and how was it he what was it that he um was able to get access to at particular times what opportunities it was very it was very opportunistic so um obviously my mum and my father worked a lot and summer holidays were really bad um especially whenever I was like a wee bit older because he would come down and tell my brother to go up to my granny's house and then he would have you know I would be there on my own and um, in the mornings if we had to go up to their house to wait on the school bus and it was all very opportunistic so mm. it wasn't you know like systematic you know like every Sunday I knew it was going to happen it was very much you never knew when it was going to happen which was almost worse because you never knew when it was coming yeah basically and um so you were what what sort of what age did you say it started at five about five it was really really early primary school age okay I see so what did that like psychologically when it first started obviously you were quite young did you did you know from a very young age this is wrong it, I remember feeling very, very, my very, the very first time I remember vividly, it was, he was cutting grass and got me to sit on his knee mm. and I could feel his hand behind me. And whenever I got up, I seen his penis. Um, and I just remember feeling very uncomfortable, very confused. Like I didn't know what that was. Mm. And obviously at that age, you know, like things are different for me than it was, you know, boys and girls are different. And I just remember feeling very confused yeah and i knew that in my pit of my stomach it wasn't right but i never yeah. said anything because yeah you know you tried to and it just got yeah, yeah. you kind of try to i guess ignore it at that age as well in terms yeah. of you think if you ignore it it'll go away kind of thing yeah definitely um and then it just got worse and worse and like i said before it never actually went to penetration and this maybe sounds really really weird to anybody that's not in the situation but there would be times where I would sit and I'd be singing, just do it and get it over with. Hmm. It was almost, you know, like things would happen and you're like, it's going to happen. He's going to rape me now. And it never, it never got there, but you were sitting waiting. And I was like, is this the time it's going to happen? And you almost wished for it to happen just hmm. to get it over with. 
Yeah. And I know that that sounds very, very strange, but that was... Do you, do you feel um, anger towards your parents? No. You don't find anger no, towards I, them? No, I tried very, very hard and made systematic efforts to never, to not let anybody know. Um, I kept, okay. I'm very much an internal person, like even now with the amount of counselling I've been to and seeing psychiatrists and different things, I still am very internalised with my feelings. Mm. Do you, are you, how many siblings are there? I have two two siblings, one that I speak to. I don't yeah. I don't have anything to do with my father's side of the family at all, whereas one of my brothers does. Okay, so so but in terms of um you, you've got sorry, two other brothers. Two brothers, yeah. And they're older than you? No, younger, both younger. I mean younger, okay. I would have I because I would have asked that obviously if they were older, would they have noticed something? Do you think um were they abused? No, as well. No, so it was you were you were abused you as the female. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So, what impact did that have on? Did that have any impact on your performance at school? No, um, I actually did really quite well at school. You know, I got mm. and I got into university. My my dream was always to become a translator. Mm. Um, we used to have in the summer was. I don't know if, if you have heard of the Chernobyl Children Appeal. So in the summer, we would have had people over with this charity um, from Chernobyl that had been impacted by the nuclear power plant. Mm. Um, and from there, I had always wanted to learn Russian and be a translator and help work in the charity. Um, but then I went through this really bad mental like mental health issues whenever I was about 17, 18. And I decided that I was going to go to uni and do counselling and psychology to try and counsel myself. Yeah. It sounds bizarre. Mm. Um, so it doesn't sound no, bizarre, I... no. It doesn't sound bizarre. <laughs> it makes sense, actually. So I went and I, I got my degree in that. And yeah. So it didn't impact, impact me that way. It has impacted me as a mother now. I have yeah. two children. And I have noticed, especially after I had my first child, I struggled a lot. Yeah. So I did. I really struggled with letting people change his nappy, with like, you know, just stupid things, like even taking them for a walk. I really, really struggled with that for a long time. And I was mm. off work for a while with it. And then I went to more counselling and things. And now I've had Do you have two sons? So I've, you've got... son and, I have a daughter and a son. My son's what? the eldest. How old, are, how old are you and how old are they right now? So I'm 28. My son is three and my daughter is four months. Okay, I see. So, and so are you on maternity leave at the moment? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, maternity leave. Do you think... Um, you are so you're protective with your son. Do you think yeah, you would with, really be even more protective with your daughter? Oh, yeah, I, I definitely think whenever it comes to the stage of having because obviously on maternity leave, she's never by my side, she's never left my side. Hmm. Um, I think whenever she's older, it could get worse, but yeah. I, I know the signs to look out for now. So I know that if I do find myself getting very clingy and watching you know people with her, I know I need to get myself to more counseling. Okay, but do you know what? So can I ask, um, in terms of for the people listening, do you think there are signs that parents can look out for in terms of in their child? So you've experienced it and now you're a mother yourself. Um, what signs should someone look out for? If I definitely children? think, um, watch out for how people react to people. I was, I always said that I never wanted, you know, to go up to their house and stuff. And I was told by my, 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 
biological father, no, it's your granny and grand, you know, we have to come up. I would say as well, the parents don't force your children to hug and kiss if they don't want to. Yeah. You know the way, like, they all have this thing, oh, hug your aunt or uncle before they go. Yeah. No, don't force your children to do that. Make, let your children know that it is okay to have boundaries yeah. and that it is okay to say no to unwanted physical contact. Your great aunt Gertrude does not need a kiss. She yeah. can say cheerio. Yeah. So, so you would say that, um, keep, so look at your child's behavior and their reaction yeah. and don't yeah. force them. Yeah, definitely. For some children who don't show that many, maybe signs in terms of behaviorally, because they may still behave okay with a person because they're trying to maybe... Yeah. You know, some kids are good at pretending. Yeah. I would say as well, like, look at their play. I remember um, being over, like, playing over-sexualized role plays with my Barbie dolls, which was mm. really strange. Like, I shouldn't have known, you know, different things to do. So just watch. Like, I think if, the, if your child doesn't want you to know, you won't know. Mm. And I genuinely do believe that because of the lengths I went to. Um so yeah i would just say just Mm. watch them like you know your child if there's something different about them get to the bottom of it yeah and okay and can i ask so when you were around 16 you told your mum. you ended up telling her in an argument yeah does your when does your father know did when did you find a father find out so i i haven't spoke to my father since me and my mum and my brothers moved out yeah so he've I went to the place, it was um, five years ago now, um, it was 2015 actually, it was just before my wedding, I went to the place um, because I couldn't deal with it any longer and I thought, you know, I need closure on this, so yeah. I went to the place and filed my report and this is actually going to sound very CSI, but I knew that it was going to be my word against his word, so mm. I actually went to his house and recorded a conversation with him and I basically asked him why he did what he did yeah and he didn't really he gave me this really wishy-washy answer you know that he was so sorry and he was gonna kill himself and um, and it was actually only until the police investigation started that my biological father found out hmm. and what was his reaction then no I, I don't know because I haven't heard from him. okay so, so the police contacted your father but you're not aware of what conversations no they had okay can I ask what's happening now is there a court case going on or what? no he actually died Okay. He, he was old and he died. So, and I never got, it never, it was, it went through the whole investigation and for over a year he was fighting that he wasn't found fit for trial and then he was found fit for trial and then ironically two days later he died. I see. And what age was he when he died? Uh, over so a year. quite old. Okay. Over, yeah, old. Quite old. Okay. So, obviously these are, look, it's a tough topic and it's, um, I'm just trying to think about the people who are listening who may be experiencing this. Are you, are you, do you think there were other victims from your grandfather? Yeah, I think so. Like I, I, from what I know about people like that, there is always more. Hmm. Um, but because of the whole taboo and the whole secrecy behind this subject, nobody comes forward. Yeah. So that is that, that's why I wanted to do this podcast. I want to implore anybody that is listening, please, please use your voice talk about it talk to your children about boundaries and just get the word out that this does happen but if people talk about it and it's not such a taboo issue yeah it doesn't have to be so prevalent 
Yeah. I think, Don't I think be scared. Yeah. I think especially pedophiles from the research that I've done, they take advantage of parents who are trusting. So they, yes. and a lot of what, what people don't realize is whoever's listening to this is that it's usually someone close to you that will do yeah. this. And it'll be people that you wouldn't ever think of. But the fact is because they are predatory and they're pedophiles, they're looking for the opportunity and they also find opportunity in the, in the family members close to them yeah. because they know that you're going to trust them. Yeah. So, you know, and, and it's quite common, unfortunately. And I mean, with me as I'm maybe too protective, but I, I do feel there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with being too protective. I'd rather be no. too protective than, than less protective. But even in terms of the research that I've done that a lot of pedophiles say that the parents who are overprotective, they avoid doing anything with their kids anyway, because they don't want to get caught. They're looking yeah. for people, they're looking for opportunities, they're looking for parents or whatever, or children who, where their parents are trusting. So yeah. that's, what, that's what the research has shown. This is coming out of, this is in terms of what pedophiles are saying from their own mouth, that that's what they look for. So for mm -hmm. me is when I am being overprotective and sometimes my husband's like, look, you're being, you know, you can't, you, what you don't want to do is also accuse someone when they haven't done something. <laughs> that's wrong. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, but if I had to, if I had to choose between accusing someone and they're innocent, as in not accusing someone, as in being a bit protective with someone and, and they're innocent, I'd rather choose that than get my, than risk my child being abused. You know, I'd yeah. rather hurt someone's feelings than do psychological damage to my child, you know, indirectly because I wasn't, I was too trusting. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'd rather people know me as the bitch who <laughs> is obsessed and, 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 you know, paranoid than someone who is too trusting. And then, cause I don't want my children to grow up and say, Oh, you didn't look after me. I was too young to protect myself. Yeah. Obviously I've had um, experiences as well. And I was speaking to my mother about this and she's like, don't talk about your, you know, don't talk about this and just, you know, don't talk about yourself. I was like, then I was thinking, no, because um, if I'm inviting someone to come on my podcast and I'm expecting them to be candid, how that's not, that's quite disingenuous of me. If I'm not talking about myself, obviously I, my experiences have been quite um, varied, I would say. But um, all I could say is that my parents got divorced at a young age when I was young, like four or five. And I would, looking back, I would, I mean, nothing really happened to me as such, but I would, I would class my father as a pedophile. Yeah. I would class him as that. So I'm, I'm happy that when my parents got, got divorced, um, I'm happy that they got divorced because had they not got divorced, I don't know what would have really happened to me. Mm -hmm. So I'm quite grateful, but I would, that's how I would classify him looking back. And even when I met him so after my parents got divorced um, and I would ever meet him, um, then yeah, he, when I would sit on his lap, I, just, I wouldn't feel comfortable sitting on mm -hmm. his lap. And I was like, first of all, this guy's a stranger to me. I don't even know him. I don't really meet him much. But then when I do meet him, it's like, I'm very uncomfortable. And then other occasions where like, um, he, I think I was 15 years old, obviously when you're growing up and your body parts are changing and stuff like that, you know, and then I remember him, he was holding me like from, you know, like you hold someone from the side, but yeah. his hand was here and he was touching my thing. Yeah. Stuff like that. So it's quite, and I was like 15 and I was very uncomfortable and I was like, you know, I don't know this man. Oh, he's my father. Maybe, you know, I should respect him. I think, but, but am I imagining this? He's touching me here. Kind of, and it's not stuff that I really spoke about because I like, but it's obviously I've spoken about it since then, but it's just uncomfortable to talk yeah. speak about. And even other occasions when you'd go to someone's house and there's someone's child who's older. So if I'm like a little kid, like six years old, seven years old, and I'm playing with someone who's 16, because my mother's like, I'll just take her, just play with her, you know, because um, she wants to ch chat with her friends and not realizing actually that the other person who yeah. in my mom's eyes is also a child 
but it's not really because this person's a teenager and has reached puberty. You know, it's probably not wise to keep me alone with that person either. So I would say this, what parents need to realize is that you do need to be careful. Yeah. Don't just leave your children. You'd keep an eye on them. There's nothing wrong with keeping an eye. And I don't feel comfortable. I personally don't feel comfortable with, especially young girls sitting on, on men's laps. No. I don't feel comfortable with that. And I've had like other, other situations where I've, you know, when I, as a child, I remember I'm six, seven, eight, and I'm sitting on someone's lap and I'm thinking, but I'm not comfortable. Why is this man even, why am I on this man's lap anyway? Even yeah. if, it's, if, even if, if you're in a room full of people and there's other people, then it's a social occasion. I think that there do need to be boundaries. Yeah. And, and because it's horrible because you think back and you think then everyone's like that or is that natural? You yeah. know, is it, you know, so it's, it's, it's quite uncomfortable topic. And it takes years and years of counseling to get mm -hmm. to overcome yeah. this. And it's just not, you know, it's not, it's not nice. No, um, it never goes away. It never goes away, does it? Yeah. It, no, it's it, always like, even like there was a situation whenever a, a couple of years ago, I was in the doctor's surgery and there was a, a grandfather there with his grandson and they were playing and this grandson was sitting on the grand granda's lap mm. and it just made me feel so uncomfortable that i actually physically vomited yeah like just seeing the way like and i'm sure it was completely innocent but my mind warped it mm. and to me like this was it was awful yeah no i think this is the thing but and i've had look you know, i've heard other stories of people talking about oh you know um this particular girl um has her mother's brother is sleeping in the same room as her because mm -hmm. so i think i think this is a i'm trying to think of um where i heard this um so someone close told us that they went to someone's house and um this woman is married but her husband went to pakistan and she has three daughters so she was scared of living in the house alone so she called her brother to come over and so one of the daughters or two of them were sleeping with her the other one was sleeping in the other room and she allowed her brother to sleep in that room with her daughter but then that daughter would um told one of our close family members that actually he's doing some weird stuff with her and she was like six seven or something really young and so what people don't realize is don't don't it's not okay don't put don't give opportunity to people it doesn't matter how much you trust them don't give them that opportunity yeah. that even that's something you know that they think of doing something they could because if you if someone's sleeping in the night with your daughter in the same room they may be on the floor or on another bed it doesn't matter because you don't know what's happening after that yeah and it's and it's not appropriate anyway like appropriate. why would you do like a, a young girl like what like maybe has to get up and pee during the night like mm. and i don't know that's just not appropriate anyway re regardless of any yeah it's not appropriate so use your common sense whoever's listening to this use your common sense yeah and i would say of course don't accuse accusing someone is different to being protective over your children don't be scared of being protective over your children or setting boundaries because you're going to hurt someone's feeling who's close family member i'd i would personally hurt someone's feelings yeah and they realize these are the boundaries and then they don't cross those boundaries, then my child getting potentially, God forbid, you know, in a situation where they are like, you didn't look after me, mom, or you, you know, you were too busy. You didn't look at the signs. I was too young to, to kind of predict myself. You should have looked at this kind of thing. So I don't want my children to be in that situation ever. Obviously there's only so much you can do, right? Yeah. I've heard stories where children are going nursery and they're getting abused there. You can't control everything, but the stuff that is in your hand, at least take, you know, take, some time out yes we all have busy lives i'm work working mother as well but i'm extremely extremely protective over my children either even i don't put their pictures on instagram or anything no one yeah. see my kids you know what i mean and people don't realize and i've seen and 
I've seen some parents who I would classify as thick. And this really makes me angry. When I'm on Instagram and I feel, and I see videos of children and they're wearing their pants and they're in the swimming pool and stuff like that. I'm like, why are you showing this? No one wants to see this. Why, no. why do you want to put that on? It's just ridiculous. Yeah. It, it really annoys me. I think people are just so thick. They just want likes and they want people to follow them and all of that. But they don't realize a lot of pedophiles are going to end up following them. You exactly. Kids. If, you, if you've got a happy moment with your child, great. Keep it for videos. When your children are older, if they feel comfortable showing that. You know what I mean? I mean, I've made a rule with my, with my husband that, no, we're not going to ever take even pictures of them like naked or anything like that. You know, you know, mm. like if they're having a bath or something like that, I'm just not comfortable because mm -hmm. you don't know where it's going to end up with that kind of thing. So I'm just extremely protective. But for anyone who is maybe a teenager going into, in a, maybe experiencing something similar, would you, what do, would you have to say to them? I would say speak up as soon as you can. Like, there are so many different places. There's Childline, Safe Line, NSPCC, Domestic and Sexual Abuse Hotline in Northern Ireland. There's Nexus and the Rowan Centre. Just speak out to somebody. Tell somebody that you trust or even somebody that you don't know. It might be easier, like your GP or just ring somebody and get it off your chest and get the person away from you mm. as much as you can. The, the only way that this is going to stop is if people, one, are not afraid to speak out about it and two the sex just becomes like for like for example like my brother would get really uncomfortable whenever I if I refer to like my son's penis or my daughter's vagina like um so if I'm changing an nappy I'd be like oh her vagina is a bit red mm. and my brother gets really uncomfortable about that and I'm like but why if we take away the stigma of like their sexual organs or their organs or whatever are mm. you know dirty or whatever then it takes away like that level of taboo in my opinion like if we are if we if our children are growing up and they say somebody's touching my my fairy and the teacher if they say that to their teacher and the teacher's like oh that's lovely mm. whereas if some if, if a girl goes to their teacher and says somebody is touching my vagina that is there's you, no so, so you're saying from the perspective of educating your child to use the yeah. right terminology yeah i will always mm. tell my children like my my boy will have a penis and my my girl will have a vagina and that was what they will know their organs as like there'll yeah. be no silly names for them mm. but do you think that is it just I mean, I personally, okay, I'm just going to talk about myself and we don't need to agree on everything, obviously. We've all got, and I think that's a beauty that everyone's got a different perspective. Yeah. So for example, I wouldn't feel comfortable saying vagina and I don't know, even penis in front of, um, to my children in front of other people because then I would, because automatically when you're human, when someone says that word, the image comes in your mind and I wouldn't want in my brother's or anyone else's mind for that image to come of my child. So I wouldn't ever say, yeah. it. but, but I think you're right in terms of the terminology, like teaching your children the right terminology so that they could flag. Yeah. It. What I say to my child is, and I'm, he's only three and I'm teaching him now. Like I say to him, even when he's having a shower, I ask him to clean his own parts. And I'm obviously, you know, and I, and I say, this is your, and I tell him, this is your private part. No one should be touching this. Yeah. One, even mommy, daddy, no one should be touching this. And I say that to him, so I'm, I, and I do teach him. So I, when we're alone, I tell him the terminology. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't, I try avoiding using that, the terminology in front of other people, especially men, any type of man, because I would say then they would automatically have that image in them, in, on their mind. Um, yeah, that's understandable. But I think that for anyone listening, um, I think 
can I ask you, so you mentioned that you twice you tried reaching out and you, yeah. and you called, um, I'm trying to think about someone else who's in a similar situation where they've reached out twice and then they feel oh, they, they tried and they, they can't. Try, try, try again. Just mm. keep going till you get it out. Did it you, is not going to stop until you get it out. Did you never think of telling a friend maybe or what prevented you? I didn't you? really have many friends. Mm. Like I, I had people, you know, that maybe the guy acquainted with, you know, like I would run about in the playground with, but I didn't really have any, I suppose that was like another protective measure I put up. I never really let anybody in. Yeah. So like there were people that I would hang about with every day, but I would never, you know, tell them, like I never told them that my mum and dad were splitting up or, you know, things like that. Mm. So. No, I, I guess. And also, I guess at that age, you know what? Some children are just idiots anyway, where you can tell them something yeah. and they would actually start spreading rumors and stuff like that. And I, again, I'm not trying to, um, put fear in anyone who's listening but I would say they do speak up don't be scared to speak up and if there's yeah. someone trusting an auntie uncle or that you trust your mother look, the best thing to do is go to your parents but not, not everyone's in a different situation where some people just don't get on with their parents themselves and they don't feel comfortable talking to their, their parents but find someone to speak to whoever it could be it, it will be different for everyone right someone yeah. will feel comfortable with a friend someone will feel comfortable with their aunt um, someone will feel comfortable with whoever you're comfortable with speak up but do speak up um, yeah. because like you said it's not going to stop because that person will keep doing it keep doing it and it's never going to be over yeah, that um, is my biggest regret is I just wish I had just gone to my mom. Like me and my, my mom is my best friend. Yeah. Like even now I live two doors up from my mom and I love her to bits. And I just wish because I know that from the get go, she would have had my back. And yeah. I just wish I had have had the, the guts to say to her. Yeah. But I just, I didn't want to upset her, especially, you know, the way like they say, oh, like your, your mom and dad, they'll be so disappointed in you. Mm. Like there is no shame in being abused. Yeah. None. I would say, and I would say also don't trust women either. Because I think some people automatically assume that it's men only oh, yeah. sexually abuse. Um, it's actually women as well who can. Yeah. And sometimes the women, I guess, accomplices find, I don't know, the, the target child or whatever for whoever they want to you know, mm -hmm. and women, I would say, obviously men, especially, but don't think that oh, if it's a woman, you can leave your child alone and all that. You need to still be careful. You don't know who that woman is bringing in, in terms of another person or taking, I've, I've read news articles about women also working in a nursery, taking dirty pictures and stuff like yeah. that, or looking after someone's child and they've um, taken pictures for another man who's, who's brainwashed them to do it kind of thing. But also in terms of my own experience and so my mother's friend, when I, when we were young, so when obviously when you're growing up and again, your body's changing and the, but you, this was at a young age, like when I was six, seven, eight or whenever, you know, we thought it's okay to grab me. This is in front of my mom. So grab me and then like touch my stuff, like private parts as a joke. Oh, is she growing up kind of thing? You know, like, you know, and, and yes, it sounds disgusting and sick. And you would think that, but you, it was happening in front of your mother. Didn't she say anything? No, cause the, she was laughing as well. So what people don't realize is not acceptable. You yeah. Know, they, if you're you may have a best friend and whatever conversations you're having, uh, adult conversations, that's fine. But if someone's doing that to your child, even if your child hasn't reached puberty age and doesn't have much, it's not okay to rub your hands over, even as a joke and say, oh, is she growing up kind of thing? Because that's still disgusting. It's still going to make you feel violated. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. I, and I think we need to be careful with men and women as well. So in closing, yeah. what, is there anything that you, else you'd like to share with us? 
Um, just please for anybody listening just speak out like the shame is not yours to be had hmm. you are so much stronger than you think and people will believe you yeah you if you speak out people will believe you do not listen to what they say and just just live your life and just try and cope with it as best you can seek some counsel and definitely do not internalize <laughs> can i ask, actually ask you so when you um when you were abused after the abuse or each abuse did your grandfather scare you in any way don't tell anyone or did he not that he scared me it was more along the lines of nobody's gonna believe you is that what he said and, yeah and i think how upset your granny would be and your mom and your dad and you know it was more like mm. the emotional side it wasn't like yeah. he scared me it was like i i'm a people pleaser always have been from probably that i was born um and i suppose he knew that that was the way to get to me yeah so yeah so yeah that's actually that's that's helpful to know because abusers that have that's a common thing as well where they would target somebody and they, it's not just about the physical abuse sec, like mentally as well they target you mentally as well they yeah say things to you so for anyone listening you know um and unfortunately if you're in that situation you have to speak up and because they will they won't just physically um abuse you they'll mentally abuse you as well brainwash you into thinking mm -hmm. that you can't speak up that that's the reason for this podcast that you we're telling you you can speak up and please do speak up don't think you're the only one that this has happened to you. obviously we're adults now i'm 35 yeah. you're 28 we have children now and what, all we could really do is obviously if something's happened to us we can get counseling um mm -hmm. and then and then protect our children um but don't think that if you're in this situation you've got the strength just speak up don't otherwise the person will keep doing it and don't think they're not no one's going to believe you people will believe you and one of the reasons for this podcast is to raise awareness in, ter in terms of how common it is and it's quite common whoever's listening if this is happening to you it's quite common but we our aim is to make it make sure it's not so much common anymore by speaking about it and having the strength yeah. to speak about it okay thank you so much elaine yes got it oh my god getting your own name <laughs> wrong right i'm like oh god elaine it's elaine Yes, that's your name it. is Lane. Oh my god! Why can't I get it? Because the way you pronounced it before, it sounded different. Alien. It's Elaine. Yeah, it's, it's the way Alien. I used to be my A's. I think Elaine. You just said Elian. So, yeah. yeah. So it's not Elaine. It's Elian. It's no. But it's the way I say it. Like my yeah. husband's from Yorkshire, so and he says it the way you say it. I Elaine. say it with like a a kind of twang to my A. <laughs> yeah, I was saying. I was thinking. I was thinking that it spelled Elaine, but when you said it, yours Elian. Yeah, it's just my accent. I was like, oh my god, what's her name? Oh god. Anyway. Elian, Elaine, thank you for coming yes. on my podcast. It takes a lot thank of strength so to come much. on. I really, really appreciate you coming on because it takes a lot of strength. And um, hopefully this will be positive in terms of um, other people listening. It'll give them strength. Thank you so much. Thank you. So guys, that was Elian, Elaine. Um, but I'm so grateful that she came on to my show to talk about this topic because it is something that I really wanted to talk about on my podcast. It's really important. People don't realize how common sexual abuse is. So for the parents out there, look, if you, if you haven't been sexually abused as a child, you probably won't understand how common it is. And you'd probably think, ah, you know, it's not that common or maybe stuff has even happened in your family, but because people don't talk about it, you don't realize it's already happened in your family as well. Um, me, obviously, um, I've had, like I've mentioned in that during the podcast, I've had some experiences of sexual abuse not to at all to the extent that obviously elaine spoke about you know i haven't had someone who's continuously um unfortunately getting access to me and um i haven't had that kind of experience but i've had like the one off here someone's tried doing this someone's tried doing that kind of thing here and there um it's all about opportunity but please don't trust i would say anyone 
And I'm not trying, I'm not trying to scare you guys and say, get paranoid of everyone, but it's okay to have boundaries. It is okay. Trust your children's behavior with someone. If they don't want to kiss someone, don't force them to hug and kiss. Okay. They're growing up, they're getting, um, used to their bodies and all of that stuff and if they you need to remember that yes you are the parents but you need they you need to set boundaries as well and respect them um as human beings as well and please don't think that obviously no one would want to ever think about the parents or their brother or sisters or anything like that their friends and family they wouldn't want to think that they could be capable of doing that but trust me when I say that when there are pedophiles it's not going to be written on someone's face that they're a pedophile okay and when someone's a pedophile, they look for access and opportunity. And the best opportunity that they will have are close family members. So potentially your kids or someone else's kids that they know who, because they've got access to them, right? And they can scare them. It's not about just the physical stuff that happens. Mentally, they will um, groom them into thinking they can't get help, that they can't tell anyone, you know, no one's going to believe them. So they play to that as well. So please don't... Um, be afraid of setting boundaries and saying no and anyways i hope you guys have found this helpful this is part one there may be a part two of this um i have be i've tried to be careful of what i'm saying um on this because some of the people i've spoken about are still alive um but the aim is not to scare it is to raise awareness and to help you guys especially if you're in that situation anyways thank you for um listening to another episode of candid with lubna farhan and stay tuned thank you <laughs>